0: Good morning, friends. It's me, Pastor Zach, um, sending you greetings across space and time from the 34th General Synod of the United Church of Christ out here in beautiful Indianapolis, Indiana, in a brief break between the awful massive thunderstorms that we've had so far this week. I pray the weather's been better in Pennsylvania for you. I bring greetings as well from Pastor Nicole, who's not with me in this space right now, as she is off doing official uh, UCC delegate uh, work. She is one of the representatives for the Pennsylvania Southeast Conference, whereas I am here as a guest, um, able to kind of move in and out of exhibits and meet with people and go to trainings and explore the city and um, run an unofficial Discord channel that I started for conversation here because I can't not do something while I'm at an event like this. So I want to not only bring you greetings, but I also want to reflect on something with you that I've been thinking a bit about today that I think connects to the scripture that hopefully you just read and then I want to invite you to have a discussion amongst yourselves um, that unfortunately I won't be there with you to hear, but I will definitely be with you on the live stream. So the UCC is a weird denomination. (laughs) We mentioned last week that we are a a congregational body, which means that every local church has the freedom and autonomy to do and to believe, to be who God has for them to be in their space and in their time. That's really important to who we are. And what, what that means is that we end up looking very different in every setting. Even within the UCC churches in Pottstown, each and every one of them has their own unique DNA, their own way of doing worship, their own way of being the church together. And so that kind of diversity is really obviously on display at General Synod. Um, I've sat through a couple of worship services. Well, I haven't sat through the worship services. But I've participated in the worship services from my seat. I've been a part of the uh, some of the plenary sessions, some of the discussion groups, and I just participated in a, uh, a march from here in the convention center to the state capitol in Indianapolis where... Um, a number of really devastating anti-trans legislations have just been approved, though there's been a federal judge has put a stay on it, um, the legislature is going to continue to do whatever it can to make our LGBTQ um, siblings' lives miserable. And so we marched our way to the Capitol, we had a number of prayers, the um, Reverend Uh, Tracy Blackman, who is our General Minister for Justice and Witness, said an incredible Prayer over the Capitol, praying that it would just be so thoroughly drenched with the Spirit of God that the people who come back to work on Monday would just feel uncomfortable. (laughs) That they would somehow be able to feel this spiritual residue and that something has been added to the space that wasn't there before, changing the way that they see um, these issues and the people that they affect. And so I've seen a lot of things, we've talked a lot about justice issues, we've had displays up in um, in all of the spaces about all of the people that we care about and all of the justice work we want to do, and we are a very active bunch, and I think that you, oh, Open Table, can appreciate that. But I noticed something today and yesterday, both in the convention center and in the march and the people who were speaking that I don't think I've noticed until this General Synod. And that is that I am not very well represented at the microphones. I, a um, heterosexual, cisgendered, white male am not very well represented at the microphones, both in who's leading the music, who's leading um, the liturgies, who's reading scriptures, who's introducing topics, who is giving keynote addresses, who is leading the marches, leading the prayers, leading the speech, leading everything at microphones. I as a straight white says, right, all of those kind of categories um, that have been historically privileged and not represented, with the uh, glaring and obvious exception of our general minister and president. So at the very tippy top, we are still um, that. That was an issue eight years ago that ask me about. Sometime I'll tell you about that fun drama. But I recognize that if you were to just come to a general synod and you were to just pay attention to who's at a microphone you would think that the united church of christ is an extremely diverse denomination that we are you know basically just a grab bag of humans and that we are this wonderful um mosaic of god's people and i think that is not true but it is a reality towards which we strive. It is a conviction that we have and that we are, the people anyway, responsible for putting events like this together are being very intentional to manifest a reality that they want to see. They are being very intentional to maybe give a rest to the sorts of voices who are used to being heard, to the sorts of people that are used to being seen and centered, and instead take this very intentional time that is the uh, most important meeting that our church does, and to instead fill it with the voices and the faces of people who are historically underrepresented. And while there still is a whole lot of issues with those who are still in the higher levels of leadership, that does tend to be people like me in the higher levels, I think what we are doing is incredibly important. A couple of months ago, Pastor Nicole preached a sermon that um, stuck with me. And I was thinking, oh man, I forgot to bring my Bible. But luckily the Gideons were here in our hotel room. They snuck in at the middle of the night and put a Bible in here. There's a passage in the book of Luke. Okay, Jesus is talking to uh, religious leaders, to scribes, to Pharisees, to people like me, to religious leaders, people who grew up good and righteous and went to school for this sort of thing, whose, whose voices are typically centered. And he said to them, blessed are the poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, when they revile you, and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Behold, your reward is great in heaven. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. And I hate that passage, (laughs) and others like it, because I am almost always in the woe section. People speak well of me. They put me in the center of things. I have food, I have uh, not a lot of money. I don't think I'm rich, Um, but I don't have to wonder where my next meal is coming from. I don't, I'm not mourning, people are not reviling my name, they're not calling me an abomination, they are not um, painting swastikas on my door, they are not doing those things. So I'm not in the blessed category, I'm in the woe category. But then Jesus sends out his disciples to go preach and to go do the work. And we read about it uh, in the passage today because he tells people to go to people's homes and find good people who will let them in, who will take care of their needs, who will shelter them. And, you know, the work that they're doing can be a little controversial. They can make the wrong people mad. And so what they're asking for is protection as well. Care, you need to go out to these communities, preach the gospel, find allies who will cover you. Who will let you sleep in their house and give you food and drink and hide you if need be, or at least defend you if need be. For the one who accepts the ones that I send, accept me and accept the ones, the one who sent me. For the one who takes care of a prophet will receive the prophet's reward. The one who cares for a righteous person receives the righteous's reward. Even if you take care of a child, a beautiful, helpless child, you shall receive their reward as well. And so this is something that is, I mean, through every single page of scripture, is God is a God of abundance and of blessing and a God who blesses those who bless others. So whereas I I might sometimes find myself in those categories where Jesus says, woe to you, right? Bad things are coming to you who laugh now that everyone respect and everyone love. Jesus also says that those of you who stand with The prophet, those of you who stand with the child, with those who are reviled and exiled and those who have been hurt and cast down and downtrodden and called an abomination and thrown out into the streets. Those of you who are allies to those people, who show them hospitality, who help them, and who put a hedge of protection around them, will receive the same blessings that they do. You will no longer be in the woe category, you who are rich and keep that riches to yourself, you who are well thought of and well spoken of and protect that identity above all else, you will move from that woe category to the blessed category when you yourself move in a place to become a protector of those people, when you are a true ally who is truly working on behalf of those people that God stands with so firmly, then you yourself receive those blessings. So what that means in a place like this, for somebody who's in charge of putting together a convention filled with speakers that's live streamed to thousands of people, what that means is finding those people whose voices have not been historically heard and making them heard, putting them front and center. It means the issues and concerns that matter to them get brought to the floor in resolutions. It means that we, who have all the privilege in the world, someone like me who has never had any of my rights brought before the Supreme Court, who has never once had to worry that the person I love will be taken from me, or that my health care will be revoked because of who I am, that means someone like me puts their body out there, walks to the Capitol, keeps shouting, keeps demanding, because my voice is centered, my voice can be, uh, is heard in those kinds of places. And so I take the privilege that I have been given, and I have to use it for someone else. And I think that every single one of us has some amount of privilege. Every single one of us has a circle, a sphere of influence where we, the the things that we say and do carry more impact than others. Maybe it's your age, maybe it's your profession, maybe uh, it's the relationships you have in the community. Every single person has sway somewhere somewhere in a place where there are people who have none. And so I wonder if you all might take some time now and contemplate where you have influence, where you have power, where you have sway, and then I wonder if you might contemplate the ways that you yourself can use that power, influence, sway, privilege, whatever you want to call it, in order to become a hedge of protection around someone else, in order to become an active ally that stands in between that person and the stones that are thrown at them. What privilege do you have? And how might you use it to protect those who don't? So I invite you now, friends, to take a few moments here Think about it. Share it out loud if you feel comfortable. And I look forward um, to hearing what you have to say. And I lift you all up in prayer today.